Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two of Big Bets here on VSIN. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point Casino and Hotel. What a what a first hour that was. Fantastic. Uh, Josh Applebaum, great insight, uh, of course, each and every week. And, of course, David Keckner joining us uh, from Anchorman in our number one big Chiefs fan. And it is interesting to see as we – we're going to have Mike Pritchard join us. Can't wait to talk to Pritch and get his thoughts, too, on Super Sunday. That, you know, 251 is pretty much where it is right now with Philadelphia still there. And, again, we got the Billy Walter special. Uh, I'm – going to be fascinated what he has to say. And we do know, because we gleaned a little bit from his conversation with Brent Musburger, that even he is waiting to see. Think of this, people. Before you're out there running to the window, Billy Walters, the greatest, arguably the, the greatest sports gambler of all time, is still waiting now to see where this market's going to go before the Chiefs and the Eagles. So if Billy, if Billy Walters has the patience of Job, then maybe you as a better could too and wait and see what the best number is. Because I think you make a great point, Amal, each and every week during the NFL season. The key numbers that are going to hurt you or make a difference if you can get to three. Right. Right. So if you want to wait, if you're an Eagles backer, it could go back down to one. We don't know. But very unlikely that it gets back up to three or gets to three. Correct. I, I would agree with you there. However, I would make this argument. Look, I don't have a strong uh, opinion on either side of this matchup. But if you like Philly, and I understand the point that Josh made and that Billy's making in terms of, well, it could potentially get down to one. Sure, you want to get a better number. That's obvious. However, if your premise is that the Eagles are going to win this game by one point, right. then what the hell are you betting this game for? You shouldn't bet it. If you think it's that tight. If, if it's that tight, then there's no reason to bet this game. There you go. And again, that's something we always preach here on the show is that there are a million different things you can wager on. Again, it's the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to have a little fun in it. We understand that. But if you're taking it seriously, yeah. and that is what you're waiting on for a one-point line move, then you're probably well, not wagering on the right on the right side. We're not talking about six to, six to seven or three to right. four or you know uh, seven to eight, something like that. So I, I, I think from that standpoint, it's different. Look, I see a lot of people have an opinion in favoring the Philadelphia Eagles, and rightfully so. They've had a tremendous year. They've been very dominant. Kansas City looks like they've struggled a little bit more. The defensive side of the ball appears to be far superior with the number one pass defense Mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. But again, I think the one thing to me that really stands out is when you go through that Philly schedule, I know they made the playoffs two years ago. Excuse me, but it didn't seem like you're really that concerned about the teams they played. I mean, I looked at the whole schedule that this team had last uh, this year. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks do you look at and go, that's a top 10 guy, that's a top 10 guy, that's no. a top 10-er? Exactly. And, again, this is – if you're looking at the Eagles' schedule here, you know, yeah, they got up to the, the great start. Right. What was it? 8-0 before they lost to the Commanders in that Monday night football game. But, really, even out of that eight, the best quarterback they beat, you can make the argument, was week three or week four. And that was against, you know, when you look at the Jags, if you remember that game, as I do, it was 14-0 Jacksonville. Like, they got yes, out quickly. they got a quick start. Yeah. Right, and Trevor Lawrence really hadn't come of age yet. 
But, I mean, that's how far back when you look at the great quarterbacks, and we're putting great in air quotes because they didn't face a whole lot, that they had to beat down. So, yeah, the Packers game, obviously, when you got Aaron Rodgers, uh, week 12, that's historically the best. But maybe the guy that ended up being the best out of the bunch this year could have been Trevor Lawrence, and that was week four. I mean, that's not like you're playing Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and, you know, Lamar Jackson when he's healthy. Like, they didn't run through a gauntlet. When they played the Cowboys, it was Cooper Rush back there in week six. Now, they did have Dak, and they lost to Dak uh, in the second half of the year. So, there really is not a standout superstar quarterback that this defense had to face. Yeah, and I thought you brought up a good point in terms of uh, who this team has faced in terms of quarterback play. But, you know, you look at Kansas City. They avenged the loss against Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Against Buffalo, uh, give the Bills a ton of credit. I thought the Bills were playing the best football in the NFL at that time. The Colts' loss, which occurred in Week 3, remember they were without Harrison Butker. They missed a 34-yard field goal in that one. And then I think, if I recall correctly, they had a fumble return either on a kickoff or on a punt return that really kind of changed the uh, tenor of that game. So, you know, this Chiefs team, people are kind of glossing over it, but I think the fact that they're in their third Super Bowl in, what, five years, six years? Oh, they deserve a ton of credit. And the one thing I'll point to is Andy Reid, off of a bye week, and I know the regular season is different because both teams don't necessarily have a bye at that time, 27-4. Mm-hmm. and four. I'll tell you this, too. It's, we just went through it with the Eagles. And then when you look at the Chiefs' schedule and the quarterbacks that they played, it's not even close. It's not even comparable. If you want to go strength the schedule, it's not comparable. Right. right? They, they beat the Jaguars twice. Now, I know you're the, well, the Jaguars. Well, you beat them in, in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes injured. That's mm-hmm. the game he actually got injured in. And still Chad Henney was able to come off the bench and engineer a 98-yard touchdown drive, right? They did beat whatever you want to say about Russell Wilson twice. They did beat the Niners defense, put 44 in Santa Clara. Yeah. Uh, against arguably the best defense in the league, they put 44 up on him. They played uh, Justin Herbert twice with the Chargers, obviously. Whatever, whatever you think about Brady this year and Derek Carr twice and Josh Allen. I mean, they went through it. And they came out of the other side pretty darn good. So if if you want to go the college football route of strength of schedule, which normally you don't do in the NFL – it's not comparable. It's advantage Chiefs. Yeah, I would say, though, the last five weeks of the season, they benefited from playing the Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, and Raiders. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't think that can be discounted. My, my point being is I'm not taking anything away from Philly. They've had a tremendous season. I just think from my perspective, and a lot of people have differing opinions on it, I just think this is a tough Super Bowl to bet. I think it's a great matchup. I think as a fan of football, it'll be great to watch. Sure. I don't expect one team to win by 14-plus. I think you know somebody could win by 10, but I, I, I think that this is going to be a one-possession game. It's going to come down to what it does every game, which is turnovers. But I think even more important in a matchup that's as tight as I perceive this one to be. I agree. And again, I, I'm looking at it and just going, normally you don't look at that type of thing in pro football because yeah. you're all pros, right? But there is differences certainly in, in the quality uh, of what, teams that you had to face. And look, I'm not taking yeah. anything away from Philadelphia. They play the guys that are, that are matched up against them. They just did not have to be as battle-tested as Kansas City had to be, especially like Joe Burrow twice, once in the regular season, and then you beat him with, with Patrick Mahomes not at full strength. That's pretty impressive in order to be able to, to withstand some of those things. No, you're absolutely right. But I, I will point out one other thing, though. I think the thing is when you look at the over-under season bets, yep. you know, you're making them based on the strength of what you perceive the schedule to be. And so I think it's an, it's an important aspect, but because – 
the NFL, it doesn't have a determining factor where you're just taking four arbitrary teams based on 12 people's opinion getting into the playoffs, I think makes a difference in terms of how this plays out. No question about it. That does kind of this conversation lead into our pro tip from hour number one. We we mentioned it with uh, with Billy Walters, and again, that special tonight, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern here at VEASAN.com, is that if you do want to wait, look, Amal's point of if you like it to side right now and you're, you have conviction, go ahead because it's really not going to – we're probably not going to get to a field goal or back to a pick em, right? So if you've got a strong handicap and that's what you think, great. But the bulk of the money's not coming in. It has not come in yet. And it will come in. But it's probably going to come in 48 hours, 24 hours before we get to kickoff. And we're getting closer and closer to that witching hour. But if the line is going to move, it's probably going to start to be on the move here once we get into the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think Saturday and Sunday you'll see some heavy bets. Uh, I don't know if you'll see that many on Friday, but you could potentially. And just something to pay attention to, as you alluded to. But you know the other great thing about the Super Bowl is there are so many bets that are options that you have available that you don't have to necessarily lock yourself in on just a singular bet. There's some great profits. Yep. I have a friend of mine. He goes to me. He goes, I, I, he goes, I just made one bet. I go, what'd you bet? He goes, the coin toss. I go, why'd you bet that? He goes, he goes I go, there's no edge. He goes, I just wanted to be over with. Because I just make the bet, and he goes, and I just watch the game. He's a rip the Band-Aid guy. Yeah, yeah, right? I just rip it off, yeah. and if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. Hey, look, if, if that's the way you want to go with it, totally understand it. But, yeah, to your point, all there are other, are other ways to certainly handicap this game. It does not have to just be the side or total. And, again, that is the uh, pro tip here. Just wait if you want to wait because the lines will move. We're expecting all that big money to come in over the weekend. Uh, that is a pro tip. We do those, well, 20 a day here across the network here. So if you're a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you go to VEASAN.com. You can sort those out by show and or by sport. Uh, Very quickly in the time that we have, you you know, we've been talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers and where he might go. You know, you could have gotten 6-1 to earlier this week that he stays in Green Bay. Look at where that number is now, plus 250. That's been shorted. The Raiders were over $4. Now it's come down a little bit to, to minus 350. The Jets... Six to one. Interesting. Commanders, we talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday. 20 to one. I wonder if there'd be like a, hey, you come here, we'll give you some ownership once you retire. Uh, I wonder if that would be something that would move them. 15 to one to replace Tom Terrific in, in Tampa Bay. That would be interesting. The Titans, I don't know. Is that like an affinity for Mike Vrabel type move? 20 to one there. If obviously they're not sold on Malik Willis. The Niners feels like a real wild card, but the number's not as out of reach as you might think at 20 to one. And the Patriots, the same number. Anything changed in the last 24 hours? Because the numbers have changed. I, I Look, I think a lot of this is just projection and just kind of somewhat of a guess. Yep. I, I think this is a great spot to play some plus money teams. To me, I would look towards the Packers and the Jets. What all of a sudden has drawn the interest from the Raiders? First of all, this defense is still bad. Yep. Aaron Rodgers wants to go to a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. And Dave, if you look at it objectively, the New York Jets don't have the offensive talent that the Raiders have. But the defensive end, uh, defensive side of the ball is so far superior to what the Raiders have, even though they're in a more competitive uh, situation potentially. I mean, actually, the Raiders being there with Mahomes and company is not easy either. To me, Green Bay is still your best spot to get to the Super Bowl. And you know what? I look at if you're just comparing the Jets and the Raiders, minus 350 for the Raiders, 6-1 to one for the Jets. I would play the Jets for the value, first and foremost. And you mentioned that offense. Yeah, we get enamored with Darren Waller. He's another, you know, street clothes guy, too. Doesn't play a whole lot, right? And Hunter Renfro has had some issues. We know with concussions recently. He hasn't been dependable, not of his own failing, but you, you just he's been getting banged up a little bit. Right. So Devontae Adams is obviously the key draw. Josh Jacobs might not be back. Remember, he can walk. 
So if you look at Brees Hall and you look at Garrett Wilson and you look at the offensive line, it actually could be a better setup in New York than it, in, than it is in Las Vegas. Well, I, I just think that you need a defense that can put you in position to contend. Yeah. Do you believe that the Raiders, unless you're just going to theoretically outscore people? Right, and that's why I think it's 6-1. to one. They could be more playable than laying 350 here with the Raiders. All right, when we come back, uh, again, we're keeping our eye on the NBA trade deadline. Uh, that's going on, but also Mike Pritchard is going to join us next to talk all things Super Bowl. Can't wait to get Pritchard's opinion. Come on back. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have got a huge lineup for the big game coming up this weekend. 10 o'clock, it's the Lombardi line. Follow the money, a numbers game. Brent Musburger's countdown to kick off live bet tonight and VSIN primetime. And of course, Stormy Bonatoni's going to have live updates. I mean, we have got you covered, pillar to post, for the big game. You're on, on VEASAN come Sunday. It is always a pleasure when we get insight from our guy, Mike Pritchard. He is the co-host of VEASAN's Pro Football Blitz. You can follow him as I do at MI Pritchard. And, Mike, you know, we've been talking about it all week. The numbers really haven't changed a whole lot here mm-hmm. as we've been going on. Still the Eagles hovering around two, that total right around 51. Are you of the Billy Walters ilk of he says, hey, I'm going to wait, Mike, and see where the where the public or the sharps end up moving this thing to see if I can get a better of the number? Or are you right now, you've got a firm opinion and you feel pretty good about which side you like? No firm opinion yet. I mean, uh, you know, there, there's not too many variables out there, Dave, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I think both rosters are, are pretty much set. Uh, you know, Tony, the effectiveness of him playing, I, I think he's going to be active. You know, Juju is a full participant, uh, another receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, and, and then Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I think he's closer to being 100%, or he will be anyway. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side, not too many health concerns for the Eagles outside of Lane Johnson, but he's been playing with the with the growing situation. Same thing with uh, Jalen Hurts, too, right, with the shoulders. So not a lot of variables out there. I don't know what would move the line outside of people just mm. getting committed. And, and then all of a sudden, okay, if there's a ton of money coming in, uh, or a ton of bets coming in on the Chiefs, you know, that could influence it that way, certainly. But uh, right now, it, it seems like everybody's favoring the Eagles. Uh, you know, they check all the boxes uh, from a betting standpoint. Uh, we got two number one seeds, though. Uh, so from a percentage of bet standpoint, I mean, there there is a contrarian uh, a situation arising uh, based on what the number uh, plays out to be there for the Chiefs uh, later on this week. Mike, when you look at these two teams, what is the one unit you think that can rise up or maybe surprise some people? For me, it's the Kansas City defense. I think they've gone underappreciated mm. all season long. We know what the offenses are capable of doing, but I thought the job of holding the Bengals to only 20 points was really not discussed enough. Right. I agree with you, Amal. I mean, I, I think uh, Spags will have some type of um, uh, question or, or puzzle for the Eagles to have to work through. Right. Like if, if the Chiefs just line up and they're four down alignment, then OK, the, the, I think the Eagles go up and down the field running the football. But if you move Chris Jones around that line of scrimmage, if you create new looks, maybe a three, four, even where you have the center covered, you have extra linebacker on the field. Now, now the Eagles, they have to kind of have solutions on the sideline. They're going to have to adjust and and maybe become uncomfortable a little bit. So uh, with two weeks to prepare for this one, 
Spags is not going to be normal. I don't think he's going to be normal with with his alignment and his personnel. So uh, I, I think that could slow up uh, and, and you know, certainly insert anxiety on the side of the Eagles. And that plays into the hands of the Chiefs. You know, if they can get out to a quick start, they've been there, done that. When it comes to the Super Bowl, the jitters are going to be there, but not as severe uh, on the side as of the Eagles, in particular that quarterback with Jalen Hurts. I mean, this is a different stage, and he got benched the last time uh, he was in this situation as a starting quarterback. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Pritch, about kind of been there, done that. Because I look at the whole coaching staff for the Chiefs, and it's been there, done that, right? You mentioned Spags. You look at the enemies, the OC, uh, certainly Andy Reid. And then you look at the other side, you got Shane Steichen, and you got Jeremy Gannon, and you got Nick Sirianni. And these are all first-timers. Does experience matter at this stage of, like, the process of getting through the two weeks and, and to be ready to go on Sunday? Or do you think there is a learning curve that Andy Reid and his staff has already mastered? Yeah, no, experience does matter. And I think Andy Reid uh, and Eric Bieniemy, certainly his whole coaching staff, Spags, too. I mean, he's coaching the Super Bowl as well. So uh, from a coordinator standpoint, head coaching standpoint, advantage Chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, right? And, and so, you know, I, I can just think back to, uh, my championship runs, you know, back-to-back national championship situations. And the first time it, it, we were eyes wide open, we're like, okay, what the hell is going on here? And, the, <laughs> you know, the anxiety uh, feeling with the elongated halftime and, you know, just trying to take the field and compose yourself the next time around, it, you're right. It's been there, done that. We know what to expect and uh, just chill out and play a solid football game for 60 minutes. So I think that's going to be on the side of the chiefs. Well, I know it's going to be on the side of the chiefs. For the Eagles, it's, okay, when is it going to set in? When are they going to settle down? Uh, when is Jalen Hurts uh, going to settle down? Uh, it, it's going to happen sometime in the first quarter. Uh, but he is so chill and he is so poised. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he settled down uh, early on in that game. Certainly the Eagles will need that to happen uh, as they implement him in, in the offensive game plan out there. Yeah, I think it's a great point you bring up. That was actually going to be my follow-up question to you is when uh, do you think they kind of settle in? You mentioned the first quarter, so it would be something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. In terms of this game, there's some interesting bets on uh, interceptions. I don't feel like either quarterback is likely to throw a pick. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just feels like both these guys have been very good with the football. We know Mahomes at times can be a little bit cavalier, but when it's time to focus, I think he's as good as anybody. Yeah, you know, if if the Eagles do get out to a lead, Amal, you know, and, and Patrick Mahomes maybe trying to force it or something later on in the game, that could come back to hurt you, right, uh, from that from a betting standpoint. Uh, you're right, though. I, these guys are going to be accurate with the ball, at least you would think. I mean, right. Jalen Hurt has... Jalen Hurts has been inaccurate because of the shoulder and the, the separation of the SC joint, so... Uh, keeping an eye on that, but he takes care of the football. I mean, he'll throw it out of bounds if there's nothing there or he'll run it. Uh, so both both of these quarterbacks are highly capable of that. Uh, there's no confusion either. I mean, even if Spags changes, changes up the defense from the front standpoint, he's going to have to play too high safety a majority of the time because those young corners are on the outside. I mean, that's a mismatch in favor of the Eagles with Devonta Smith uh, and certainly A.J. Brown. So um, I, I think you're going to expect some roll corners, and, and therefore you can have essentially nine guys at the line of scrimmage to protect the running game or, or the run defense aspect of trying to slow down that perimeter uh, rushing attack for the Eagles. So uh, I think Spags will change it up that way, but nothing confusing uh, confusing out there for Jalen Hurts, though. Uh, Pritch, I always loved you know like the fill-in-the-blank type questions when you get those. If I had you fill-in-the-blank, which <laughs> unit – beats which unit in order for blank team to win? 
What is oh. the most important denominator to get to, to the victory lane here in the Super Bowl? Okay, see, I thought all this testing stuff was behind me <laughs> when in college and high school. I mean, come on, here we go. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, see, I mean, obviously it's offense against defense, right? right. I mean, I, I think uh, that's the obvious um, uh, dilemma uh, or, or what we need to see happen is, okay, can the Kansas City's offense uh, perform well and consistent against that pass rush and that pass defense? I, I think it's essential for the Eagles to win a Super Bowl that their rush unit, their, mm. their offensive unit rushing game uh, gets established and gets established early on. Uh, if they are behind in this game and Jalen Hurts has to throw the ball uh, a lot, you know, that gets challenging uh, in my opinion. Um, but if the Eagles can get out and even if they're down a score or two, uh, I, I, you know, they'll stay true to their running game. Right. And so, I think it's essential uh, that their offensive line, that unit, uh, along with that rushing attack, uh, gets established for them to win the Super Bowl. It's an excellent answer because I, I was kind of going back to the, to the Buccaneers Super Bowl against yeah. the Chiefs where it was the right. D-line that dominated that Chiefs O-line, and you mm -hmm. felt like, boy, that thing was over. But, Pritch, I think it's a very insightful call there. If the Eagles running game, because we're going to look at A.J. Brown, we're going to look at Devonta Smith, and we're going to look at Jalen right. Hurts, it really is kind of the quiet part. If if the running game is established, that's going to give them the best pathway to victory. Yeah, because it's so rehearsed, too, uh, Dave. I mean, I, I think if the Chiefs change up their defensive front, um, you know, what what are they going to evolve to? What are the Eagles going to get to? Because they're, they're really heavy inside zone and wide zone, and, uh, you know, they'll run some counter stuff, but... Um, will they get to a gap scheme and, you know, try to double team Chris Jones or will they, will they get to a power, uh, kind of situation? And I wonder how the chiefs will react to that. Um, if, if that's the case and, and, you know, can, can the Eagles even, uh, be successful, uh, in those type of schemes mm. because they want to be explosive. They want to get to the end. They want to involve Jalen Hurts in the option or the RPO. And if they're not established that way, if they cannot establish that wide zone, then I think they are in a world of hurt against the Chiefs. All right, Mike, former national champion, former first round yeah. pick. It's time. Yes. Give us the winner for Sunday. Who's, who's your lean? Who's your pick? Well, my lean is to the Eagles. I mean, they okay. check all the boxes. I was down at the Super Bowl, and, and you know, it, it varies, right? And um, I, I saw and, and heard some really good information on to, uh, uh, as to why the Eagles will win. Uh, but I am holding out. I, I am uh, really want to see a little bit. Uh, I want to see <laughs> what that number does uh, as, as we get closer and closer to kickoff. But I do have Miles Sanders, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I got a good price on him. Um, looking at some situations like... For instance, third down converts uh, right now for the Chiefs. You, you can find them plus money, plus 115 to have the most third down converts, which from a passing standpoint, right, or, or even a third down situation standpoint, it seems like uh, the Chiefs should be the favorite, but they're actually the dog in that one. That's, that's a fascinating one. Again, there's so many on the menu here right. of options for the prop market, uh, but that's an interesting one you've identified. Pritch, it was great seeing you down there, Radio Road, and I, I loved hearing you uh, on Virginia Beach back in my hometown of the 757. Absolutely. That was a joy. That was a treat, uh, Dave. That's the way Appreciate we roll that. down there at the beach, That's baby. right. That's right. There he is. Check him out on Pro Football Blitz. And Pritch and I are going to do a show together on Saturday. Looking forward to that. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on Visa. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Billy Walters, the Michael Jordan of sports betters, reveals what's in his upcoming tell-all book at a one-hour special tonight right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Brent Musburger sat down with Walters this week, discussed his life growing up in Kentucky, his move out here to the desert, how he rose to fame as Vegas' most feared sports better, his relationship with golfer Phil Mickelson, Yes, his time in prison, and so much more. So go to VEASAN.com for a sneak peek, including Walter's lean for Sunday's Super Bowl, and tune in for the full interview tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Two legends right there in their own sports, if you will, of sports broadcasting for Brent and sports betting for Billy Walters. I am fascinated. I heard a little bit of it because we've been giving you some snippets of it. The Phil Mickelson stuff is fascinating to me. How they became friends on the golf course, and, and as Billy calls him, a friend, and and part of of Billy going to prison has a lot to do with Phil Mickelson and what he did or did not do. So you got to listen to this full interview tonight. Absolutely fascinating take on his life as I think recognized as the greatest or most feared sports gambler in the history of gambling. Yeah, I'm interested in the part between uh, him and Mickelson. That should be very fascinating to hear. So that's all coming out tonight. Again, he's got his tell-all book, and he's going to tell a lot of that to Brent Musburger tonight. So check it out, uh, certainly as a VEASAN Pro subscriber at VEASAN.com. Let's get into college basketball a little bit uh, on the slate. And again, you know, I was talking about a little bit with some of our friends on on Twitter here that we have on the network. And, like, college basketball, I wish it was more like college football in the sense that college football every week, it's – like must see every Saturday because the way the college football playoff is set up and how important the regular season games are. There are important regular season games, but it does not have the same cachet that it used to do with the expansion, certainly of March Madness. We get to March. Who doesn't love the tournament? We all love it, and we can't wait to wager on it. You get in conference play here, number one Purdue against Iowa. They're laying eight, pretty high total, 149. What do you make of Iowa here on the road? I know it's important for them, but does it feel like a sleepy Big Ten matchup tonight? I think it's going to be a tough game for Iowa. The Hawkeyes are playing well. They're going to be a tournament team, uh, really uh, streaking in their last 10, have won seven out of those 10. But Purdue, they're coming off a loss against Indiana. I think it's going to be a hungry Boilermaker team remain at number one. I think they drop one more. It'll be crucial because then I think Houston will probably emerge as the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, assuming things stay as they are currently. Uh, the big question I have is, can you stop Zach Eady inside? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a real challenge. We've seen so many teams struggle to do that. Hawkeye's going to have to shoot the ball well from the perimeter tonight. You know, last year it was um, it was uh, Kyler Murray. I'm not Kyler Murray. Um, Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray, thank you. Yep. And this year it's been Chris Murray who's been tremendous for this uh, Hawkeyes team. He's averaging almost 21 points a game, having a tremendous season. So this would be an interesting matchup. Murray's going to have to play well. Tonight, if he can do that, I think they've got a chance to stay within the number. I don't believe they win here in West Lafayette. I think it's boiler up tonight. I actually lean towards them covering this number mm. coming off the uh, coming off the loss against Indiana on Saturday. And again, uh, that total 149, do you think we're going to get that tempo and kind of get those points and get this game potentially in the 70s if you're looking for an over? Yeah, it depends on Purdue because Purdue can dictate the defensive end against Iowa, but Iowa's going to want to go push the ball, especially – because Zach Eady, if you can get out and run, he's not going to be able to keep pace with that offense moving up and down the floor. So if you're the Hawkeyes and you're McCaffrey's team, you want to get out and go as quick as you can. Per- that's going to be important on Perkins, the point guard there for them. they got to really move the basketball. All right, let's go down the uh, college basketball slate a little bit here. Let's go out to the Pac-12. Let's look at USC. Well, they've been resurgent. Andy Anfield's team here. Uh, certainly that, that nice win 
over UCLA. And now they're going to get Oregon here, and they're getting four and a half on, I think, the most disconcerting court in all of college basketball. Don't know if it affects their shooting or not. It would affect mine. But now four and a half is what SC is getting. The total 143, which shows you we know Oregon likes to be more up-tempo. SC likes to control the tempo a little bit. That could be factoring into your handicap for which side you think might actually come out with a W tonight. Yeah, it's a great point, Dave. And I think if you're Oregon, the higher scoring, the better it is for you. Will Richardson's been a tremendous guard for this team all year long. But Auburn's team needs this win right now, sitting in fifth place in the league. Uh, if they're going to make a push to the NCAA tournament, this is the type of win they have to get at home. Uh, the one thing that I look at in this one, you mentioned that total. It's interesting to me because SC is long defensively, mm-hmm. just like Oregon. So this could be an interesting, interesting game in terms of how it plays out. Um, these two teams have not met so far this year. Uh, Trojans just 3-3 three and three on the road. But Oregon has not been overwhelming in Eugene so far this year, just 10-4 and four straight up uh, at home. Uh, this is going to be a game I'm looking forward to. I, I think the 4.5 is the correct number for 4.5. Four I think it's a tough one to bet either way. But I would look for an in-game opportunity. Maybe the Trojans fall behind or if Oregon falls behind, I think you have an opportunity there. It, I think it'll be tough for USC to get a win. Both teams, when I say both teams, UCLA and USC expect to get at least a guaranteed win in Corvallis against Oregon State. That'll be for SC on Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if you're USC, you sneak this win out here against the Ducks. Man, you you are in a great position to potentially still challenge for the league title, which I think most people are looking at going through Westwood or Tucson. And again, that total of 143, if they get off to a fast start and we get some points early, would you look for an in-game under opportunity there? Is that the type of thing you might look for? Yeah, possibly, um, especially with the way USC is capable of defending. And then sometimes they can be a little bit stagnant on offense as well. I think it's a great point. Right now, 143, so we're probably looking at, what, a 73 and a 60, uh, I'm sorry, uh, probably 76 and 67 first-half numbers. And then second half, you know, if all of a sudden you see an explosion early on mm-hmm. and you get a 151-152, might be a possibility of playing it under. But I, I don't say that with overwhelming confidence because you could see a scenario where both teams, you know, you fouls late yeah. and everything else. This is going to be a tight game, it feels like. Yeah, so again, four and a half right now, 143 that total. Maybe as Amal's leaning to here, look for some in-game spots there. Uh, it, because those do feel like rather tight numbers right now. But, yeah, I'm kind of looking to that and seeing if they get off to a, a great start offensively, possibly coming back in on an under. Uh, not a lot of other marquee matchups here yeah. uh, on a Thursday night as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Is there another game out there that you're really targeting here that you think maybe you're getting a, a better of the number right now? Yeah, uh, you, uh, CSU Bakersfield, the Roadrunners taking on Northridge tonight. Uh, the Matadors come in having won their last game against Santa Barbara. Big upset. But I think the Roadrunners at home get this one. Number's gone up now, up to four, was three and a half earlier. This Matadors team has struggled all year, 0-10 on the road. Uh, this is the game, if you're the Roadrunners, you got to be able to get. Now, one thing I will say, neither team is overwhelming from an offensive standpoint. That's mm-hmm. a little bit disconcerting when you're betting on anybody. But this uh, Northridge team, c- coached by uh, Trent uh, Johnson, has just been horrific. Five wins on the season versus 18 losses. Going to go with the Roadrunners here at home in Bakersfield tonight. Uh, so lay the four with Cal State Bakersfield. Very yep. quickly, I do want to ask you about, because our, our buddy Tim Doyle, we have in the program a lot, of course, the pride of Northwestern. They've been flying below the radar, I think, of having a sneaky good year. They're getting five today against yeah. Ohio State. Now, Ohio State may be underperforming so far this year. What do you make of the Buckeyes now laying five at home against the Wildcats? Huge revenge spot for Northwestern. They got blown out in Evanston earlier this year, 73-57 in a game 
Uh, the Buckeyes had led by 18 at the break. So if you're Northwestern, you're going to come in hungry. Ever since that game, Ohio State has been in a complete tailspin. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that game, they've lost nine out of their last ten. Uh, look, you can't lose to Minnesota at home. I get losing at Rutgers, losing to uh, you know Illinois on the road, Indiana. Those are all acceptable losses at Michigan. This is not a game I would lay the points with Ohio State. I would take the five and a half with Chris uh, Doug Collins' team or Chris Collins, sorry, yeah. team here in this one. At, take the five and a half. Northwestern's not a particularly good shooting team, but very efficient on the defensive end. And I think it's going to be a challenge here for the Buckeyes. Twenty eighth in overall defensive rating for Northwestern in college basketball. Ohio State has been great offensively, but just defensively they haven't been able to get it done. Uh, I, I like Northwestern here, plus the five and a half. I haven't played this one yet, but I'll, I'll probably be on the Wildcats. All right, and Kelly, uh, again, as we get closer and closer to the witching hour in the NBA, any more news and notes and maybe some trades going on here? Yeah, we are officially past that deadline, actually. So any trades that come in now will be some of the, the news just maybe. That hasn't been reported. Yeah, yeah, hasn't been reported. Stuff just getting finalized. Um, a couple of the update that we, uh, since we lasted, Gary Payton, uh, the second, back to the Warriors. You may oh. remember he did go to the Blazers That's right. uh, this year, but has missed, missed most of the season with an injury. Uh, he's back to the Warriors for five second-round picks. Not really sure where all these second-round picks are coming from, <laughs> but uh, we've seen a lot traded today. Um, and then just uh, more, more Clippers trades overhauling that backcourt. Reggie Jackson is being sent to Charlotte mm. uh, for Mason Plumley. And let's see, you're gonna so you're gonna have in that backcourt now. Luke Kennard got moved out as well, so you've got Bones Highland coming in there, um, and the and Eric Gordon from the Rockets are going to be heading back to L.A. That a three-team trade uh, between Houston, L.A. and the Hornets. So it is now done, but again, we're still getting some information trickling in here. Uh, but the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. So if there's any, there's not going to be any more seismic shifts like we saw last night. Obviously, these, as, as Kelly is pointing out, a lot of these kind of underling trades uh, happening right now. But we'll, we've seen the changing market here, certainly in the NBA, with the news of some of these blockbuster moves. And again, as those numbers change, we'll update those. But again, the Suns now are the betting favorite to win the Western Conference after the big news of Kevin Durant being uh, shipped there last night from Brooklyn. All right, when we come back, I do want to touch base a little bit on the Phoenix Open and maybe a surprise first-round leader that I think Kelly and I have a, a similar interest in. We'll discuss that and much more next year on Big Bets. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football fans, the championship game is all set. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be. Win tons of specials on February 12th. We got same game parlay bet and get, live bet and get, football squares game. You can win up to 10K in bonus money instantly by playing our exclusive Bet River squares this football season. Place $10 or more in qualifying bets. You're going to get a square in the house. If your numbers on the square match the final score of the game, you're going to win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligible bonuses, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at BetRiverSquares.com. Back alongside them all, Shaw Dave Ross here, looking up and seeing. I, I'm telling you all, if you're in the greater Phoenix area, you're in town in Arizona for the Super Bowl, you got to make your way over to 16 to see the Phoenix Open. Because it is, I think, maybe the most entertaining. Look, Augusta's Augusta. It's quiet. 
You go to the Phoenix Open, and it's boisterous. People are throwing beers and shotgunning beers and having a blast. It's a different type of golf feel. Are, are they throwing the beers towards the players? See, I, I, would keep, I would keep a couple of full cans of beer in my bag just in case. To throw back? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be hysterical. <laughs> Who do you, that, what do you hey, think? Hey, you throw a can of beer, man. Whip one back at you. But the full can has a much greater effect. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'll be like, thanks, Amal. Grab that out of the air. I'm free beers. I don't right. have to pay $14. It's not, it's, it's not a knuckle curve that's coming in. <laughs> it's coming fastballs coming, You're Ricky. going with the high heat. I don't care. I'll, t- I'll take it off the dog and still drink it. You got to let it rest. You got to let it rest so it doesn't, you know, fizz up all over you. But it is, it's a different type of tournament. I think it's a different type of tournament to handicap because of it. Because, look. When you get to Augusta, you're not talking about the fans, right? As they call them, their patrons. Like most places, decorum is the the rule number one in the world of golf. This is not a place for decorum. And right now, I know Kelly that you like the X Man, and I look up at the first page of the leaderboard. He's on 15, and right now X going to give it to you, and he's <laughs> four under par, tied for the lead. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Thank you, exhibit. There, Next, uh, I'll <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, four under, man. I like what I see so far. It was uh, I was a little uncomfortable just betting sixteen to one with such a great field uh, this week. Right. Uh, it, it was tough, but uh, you know that's the look. There's a lot of live betting advantages of golf, but it's it's the if you're if you're looking at a shorter favorite and they get out to a great start, you might not have that opportunity. Right? It's the same thing when we talk about NBA li- NBA live betting. You know, if you you could lay six points before the game, or you look to hop in in game. Most of the time, I'll look in game, but sometimes they just run away with it. You don't have a chance. So I like what I see so far. Very very early though. We have a lot of guys haven't even teed off yet. That's right. Um, just to go over some of the guys that are struggling though. There there, there is for people that missed this. There was a frost uh, advisory delay, yeah. advisory, but it was literally, literally a delay this morning in the uh, these guys teeing off because of frost. So you had to deal with that, and then wins have been a lot higher than expected. So you've seen a lot of high scores here today. Cameron Young, four over par Ooh. currently. Uh, you've got, let's see, Sung J M, who I'm also on, two over par. Uh, Colin Morikawa, two over par. Shane Lowry, two over par. Matsuyama, two over par. So a lot of big names out there struggling on the course right now. And Rory is the biggest name, right? Like John Rahm right now, we recognize because he's been playing more of the PGA Tour events, right, and gotten off to a great start as the hottest player in the world. But Rory's been playing a lot of the European Tour, right. and he's been pretty darn hot himself. And the funniest thing about guys like Rory like, you go, well, windy conditions, this would be great for the guy from Northern Ireland. He's as much American now. He lives in Florida. Like, sometimes those windy conditions in the British Open, that's not what Rory wants anymore. They get so conditioned to playing in the States, and maybe that's why he's playing a lot more overseas now. You would think these would help Rory McIlroy. Right now, he is struggling mightily. And we saw on the live number, Kelly, I think he had a 22-1 to 1 for Rory right now, who's won over. He's about to make yeah. another, another bogey here. Like, I would wait and see if I can get it like after round one number, see where Rory is. You could get as high as 30, 40 to one and got to make the cut. Again, for some of these great players, they just got to be around. And all of a sudden, there's that 65 waiting to kick in on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, what, what I'd love to tell people right now is I, I think there would there would be value to me in live betting first-round leader. A lot of you, if you're betting at DraftKings, MGM, some of the East Coast books, you're going to have that option. With how, how tough conditions were early on, 
I would normally suggest that, Dave, of looking at one of these guys who's going to go off in the afternoon as a possible first-round leader bet. Yeah. But the win's only supposed to increase this afternoon. Ooh. So I, I'm not jumping at that. Uh, we're, we're supposed to see. I got, got it pulled up right now. It looks like about 15-mile-an-hour sustained win. Uh, we talk usually talk about that level it affecting Man. football. It's a, it affects a golf ball when you're at that level and wind gusts past 20 miles an hour here later this afternoon. So uh, we can see some real tough conditions for these guys in round one. I, I only took one play. I took Sam Burns 50 to one, and right now he's one under par. So again, you almost want to get to the house, Kelly's point here, and then let the other guys battle that wind the rest of the way. So very tough conditions. We're seeing out there right now, as you mentioned, John Rahm is not teed off. Looks like Rory's going to make another bogey. He's going to fall to two over par here initially. But I love it all because, like, our own Jeff Parles was out there yesterday with Ben Wilson here in the network, and he's like, hey, my over-under, I've set it 109.5 for, for Jeff. He's texting me, and he goes, I need to birdie 18 in order to hit the under. Because I was like, I'm taking you – Good faith. Let's go under. <laughs> Jeff Parle is playing locally not in town, not to be confused, was not playing in the uh, Pro-Am at the Wayne's Not in the pro I, <laughs> I, I thought he was saying they were down in Phoenix. No, right here in Las Vegas. I wanted to make Vegas. sure that was clear. Yeah, yeah, but that was good clarity by you. <laughs> but he gets on, and he's got a birdie putt to make the under. And I said, Jeff, just, uh, t- said, just don't leave it short. Whatever you do. And then I, the, the response was delayed, so I knew – Probably more putts than he wanted. <laughs> so you rammed it past the old three-putted shot of 111, the overhits for oh, Jeff Parles. Yeah. But I like watching pro golfers struggle because then it makes me feel like Parles and Wilson and like guys like us, the weekend warriors that go out there, and we get this wind, and our numbers go way up. And that's what you're seeing with the best players in the world right now really struggling in the windy conditions out there at the Phoenix Open. So check the weather for the weekend, too, and some of these golf bets. Because, man, when, when the pristine conditions present themselves, Amal, they go low. I'll tell you right now, I'd rather win the Phoenix Open this year than win the Masters. Would you really? Pays $3.6 million. The Masters pays two point three. What about prestige? Well, I th- I you know what? You can Masters, buy it for $1.3 million. I think that Masters bag is getting a bump, too. It's got two point two point three. For this year? Yeah. That is amazing that you're going to win more here than you are at a <laughs> this day. Listen, Kelly, give Dave the prestige. Give me the money. I'll buy my prestige <laughs> for $1.3 million. God. Uh, I wonder what the, the players this year is going to be big time. Oh, players going to be ridiculous. M- must, be, must be a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will never be confused for that. That's that was sure. Dave Tooley. came on the air one day, and he goes, more rake. I said, Dave, are you a socialist? <laughs> I said, come on, give me a break. Who yeah, wants I, more if rake? I, if I win that Phoenix Open, I'm not sharing it with the rest of the, uh, the, the golfing population. Listen, dude, is the caddy worth 10%? Well, yes. He's worth three hundred and sixty grand. A good, a great caddy that can help you read putts? Absolutely. Or, man, the... Uh, you know, I I can't help Dave, but to think back to our great Moore loss to start the year, and it was like someone grab him, like take that's him aside, and talk to him for Christ's sake. What's going well, on? I, I think that's an experienced caddy. A caddy could be good, but if he's inexperienced, I just don't think he's going to have the stones to go up to a guy yeah. at that point in time, kind of shake him and rattle him a little bit. But you know what's so funny about that when you bring up caddies? I'm yeah. on. I'm glad you did. I look at Michael Greller and Jordan Spieth, it, it, like. These are buddies from Duke, or they go way back, or Texas for Spieth. I think Greller went to Duke, but they've been like they came up together as a team, and it's like they need to go see psychiatrists, or Greller does, because Jordan, the way he's just chirping at his caddy, and it's out there, and we can hear it with the hot mics. It's almost like you get back to Happy Gilmore, fire iron, huh? You're fired. Tennis and golf. <laughs> there's there's a couple of issues. You've got a bunch of country club kids who can't deal with the mental. Yeah. 
the pressure. Yeah. And the problem is you're an individual out there, right? In other sports, you're having a bad day. There's teammates to pick you up here. You're all on your own. And I think that's what makes certain competitors like Rafa and Novak in, in uh, tennis and Jack Nicholas and, and Tiger different, right? You just expect it from them. They have that mental fortitude where a lot of these guys don't. And there's also a part of these guys like, dude, who cares if I miss this putt? You know, let's say, for example, in this tournament, you finish in the top 10. You're walking out with a cool half a million dollars. Dude, I'd be like, yo, deuces, I'll see you at Augusta. I'm not playing any more tournaments. I'm just going to chill out here. You're in Snotsdale. It's a great weekend. There is Trim City. Are you kidding me? You're looking for a sponsorship from Trojan. Yeah, it's it's a fun weekend, but that caddy-player relationship is very, very interesting in the dynamic. Look, we saw with Stevie Williams and Tiger, Tiger Woods for all those years. How much did it really help him? I mean, Tiger's had physical ailments since they split. Right, and he did win one without Stevie, and he won one before Stevie. He had fluff on his bag when he won at Augusta. But that's always fascinating. How much does a caddy really? How much do, do the players really need to? Because they go, I got to pay you what? Ten percent? Did you really help me that much? Some of them do, but I think you're right. Some of them, that relationship is uh, not always. That's a, that's a lot of cheese to give up. It's a lot of cheese. Hey, what a fun show we had today. I want to thank all of our guests, and uh, certainly, hopefully, you got to catch the great champ kind from Anchorman in our number one. Uh, Kelly, great job behind the glass as always, and, and Kevin as well. I'm all fun show. We will be back here tomorrow, but don't go anywhere because we've got you covered all week out there in Arizona, live from the Super Bowl, next here on VEASAN. 